We've been in our Christmas series, we've been talking a lot about the anticipation, the, the season of waiting. Christmas is over, and it's no longer the season of waiting. Uh, it is the season of it has come. And now what do we do? And as we come to the end of the year and, and we look back on everything we've been through, there's a popular sentiment being passed around. I've seen it a lot this week on social media. Um, something to the effect of, it's okay if the only thing you did this year is survive it. Now, for some of us, I, I see some smiles. So for some of us, that seems amusing and, and a little bit funny. But for some people, that's, I think that's really it's what they desperately need to hear. Um, people are struggling. And we've been through a lot. And we're still here, still waiting for something, still working towards something. Hey, we're still worshiping. We're here, even if it's been hard. It feels like we never get to the end of a year and wish we could have another year just like it next. That's been going on for some time now. I, uh, I'm glad I wasn't one of the people who invested in the uh, 2019 sucked t-shirt. 2020 did not come along with better news. It feels like if we could go back and do it again, we would always do it differently. We always look forward to, to something new. Today, I want to I wanna talk about the waiting, where we are. Not, not always just looking forward to the next thing, but looking at what we have right now. Where are we planted? Psalm 92, uh, there's a passage from it I want to read from you to begin with today. Uh, starting in verse 12, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus is brought to the temple to be presented to God, uh, as was their tradition for all babies. Um, Forty days after his birth, in fulfillment of the law in Leviticus, I want to read, from, read to you from that, the story of this presentation. It comes at the end of Luke chapter 2, which is the classic Christmas chapter. It's the story of his birth. And Luke chapter 2 ends with him growing up. But in the meantime, when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles 
and glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. I started with this verse out of Psalms because I believe that Simeon and Anna are two people who were, as it said, truly planted in the house of the Lord. They flourished where they were. And I'd like to look at their, not just this, this culmination of their waiting, but of their lives. Because I think it shows us how sometimes we live through times that we would rather skip. But the faithfulness of those times, the day in, the day out, is what makes the amazing, uh, you know, mountaintop great moments possible. Faithfulness makes greatness possible. I think that's the lesson that we learned from them today. So that's the good stuff right up front. If you need to go now, you uh, you have it. Okay? You got your verse. You got your point. But take a look at what, how they live. Okay? Here are two people who are, uh, as the Greek puts it, advanced in years, who are living service. See, they, they just keep waiting. That's what I want to encourage you today. Keep waiting. Sometimes it feels like we're just waiting and waiting and waiting for something. We never quite get there, but maybe there's value in the waiting. Now, there's one way we could take this, one direction we could say, uh, good things come to those who wait. That's definitely true for, for Anna and Simeon. Um, I mean, yes, sometimes. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on you. I'm not saying, hey, if you keep waiting, something great will happen. Besides heaven, it's not promised. Some people wait their whole lives for a, for a cure, for a relative salvation or peace about a decision that they regret. They wait their whole lives and ultimately they get heaven. But we wouldn't say that's it. It's heaven. (laughs) But I would not, I would not put that on you today that good things come to those who wait sometimes, certainly, but rather that the good thing can be the waiting. We're told in in Luke 25, it says uh, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. That, that's what we have to say about him. He was righteous and devout. Given what happens in, in the temple courts here, maybe he was a priest because when, when they would present the baby, it was the priest's job to sort of take the baby and bless it. So he does that role. Maybe, he, but it also kind of, maybe he's just some guy who was there. Um, it says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. He had no doubt been taught the prophecies of God's coming chosen one, the Messiah, the one who would, who would help Israel be freed from captivity and, and given peace by God. 
Just imagine being in his uh, sandals as the spirit of God reveals that promise to him in your lifetime. You will see the Messiah. Imagine if, imagine if you were told that today, we all look forward to the coming of Christ. We all look forward to the, the new earth. And we all know that one day God will rule. Imagine if someone told you it will happen in your lifetime. He would not die until he sees the Messiah. The one who has been promised to God's people for over a thousand years. And we're not, we're not told exactly when and during his life, this was promised, but you can just imagine what's going through his mind as the years pass by the anticipation, the excitement, being able to see the Christ in the flesh. I think maybe the older he got, maybe the more excited he would get. Because as he looks ahead to the rest of his life and he sees the years growing few, he must know not too much longer now. Simeon had a bucket list with just one thing on it. I think a lot of people have a long list of things they want to accomplish before they die. I don't know if that's really healthy. I, th- I don't think there's anything in life that we could put on a list that if we do not accomplish, we would get to heaven and regret not doing. It's heaven. But Simeon knew. I think it's safe to say that for him, there was, he was looking forward to the Redeemer of Israel in a way that no one else could. It wasn't just some nebulous future for him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. But then we're introduced to Anna. Uh, jump, I'm going to jump ahead and back a little bit so we can talk about both of them. But Anna is, is called a prophet. Uh, Anna is someone who, who delivered messages from God to people. That's what a prophet means. In the, in the Greek, the word is keruso, a, a herald, someone who proclaims. Now, maybe she was the type of prophet where God would give her a message and she would, she would say it to people. Maybe she was the type of prophet to speak truth that was already known to those who needed to hear it most. We don't really know. We're not, we usually, when we think of a prophet, we think of somebody who, uh, who predicts the future. And the reason we think about that is because oftentimes when a prophet would have something to say from God, it was about the future. Or if it wasn't, God would give them a little glimpse of something in the future to authenticate the message. But really prophecy is not predicting the future. Prophecy is just telling the message from God. So she was somebody who could speak with God's voice, but her story is one of sorrow married for seven years before her husband died. We're not told that she had any children. It's very likely she didn't left as a young widow. You'd think in that situation, you know, she's young. She, she could find another husband or find a new life. That's not what happens. She decides to stay single. She took up a path that was very challenging, especially for women of her time. It says she go until she was 84. We had a little bit of a, a little fun with that when we were, I was looking up the original verse because there are some translations that will say that she was a widow for 84 years after her, the death of her husband. Some, most, most people say it means until she was 24, 84. It was probably, probably she was 84 years old, but um, the actual Greek just says she was a widow of 84 years. Um, if she had been a widow for that long, it would 
even if she had gotten married in her teens. It would put her well over 100. But either way, this is a long time. This is a long time to be a widow. This is a long time to mourn. Anna would spend her whole life on her own, trusting in God to provide for what she needed. Uh, It's likely that she uh, lived either at or near the temple. Um, There was no welfare to help her, no social security to collect. She depended on the generosity of others. Why Why would she choose a life like this? I think that she wasn't really focusing her sights on herself. She wanted deeply to devote her life to God and to be able to, to meet her redeemer. In the old Testament, there is the uh, most, most notably in the story of Ruth, there is the, the concept of the kinsman redeemer of a, of a widow who is taken in by a relative of her deceased husband um, to provide for her and, and to, raise a family with her. And she was not looking for a kinsman redeemer. She was looking for the best of redeemers. What is it that we're waiting for? I mean, Simeon and Anna, they show us that there are things that are worth waiting for better than the things that we tend to focus so much time and energy on better things to devote our lives to better things to anticipate. I think we live our lives in anticipation mode too much. We live our lives looking forward too much. We miss the here and now. We miss the life of service that we could have. Anna and Simeon, they didn't just live the boring lives waiting for this one day of greatness. They lived lives of service, of valuable work. So this morning, I want to encourage you not just with keep waiting, but keep working. Keep working. Even at their old age, they continued their work for God. No, there, there was no retirement from service to God. And there is, there is no, there is no age limit for when someone can be useful to God. If you ever, if you ever have any doubts, if God is done with you yet in your lifetime, right? If you ever start to think that God might be finished with you, that he has nothing left for you to do on this earth. There's a simple test that you can do right here, sitting where you are. Take two fingers, place them right here. You feel that? God's not done with you yet. Simeon and Anna worked and they did what they could to produce something on this earth, to serve others, to serve God, to be fruitful. A couple of things that we learn in, in, about Simeon. Um, we were told he's, he's righteous and devout. His, his life is characterized by, by God as one that is virtuous and sincere. He was devoted to God. He was devoted to following the law. Even, even at his older age, he, would, he kept showing up. And notice how he describes himself. When he takes, when he takes the child and he, he praises God, this is what he says. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He calls himself a servant. And the word he uses is the same word that Paul uses when he refers to himself as a servant of Christ. And it's a, it's doulos. It's a, honestly, it, it it's closer to slave than servant as it, as one who is wholly committed and, and even owned by the master, one who is totally identified with the household that he serves. Sometimes we might think that people in our lives, maybe ourselves, we feel sometimes too old, too frail, too limited to be of much use to God. But Simeon completely rejects that. He continues to call himself 
a servant. He obviously didn't look at himself as being too old to do anything for God. He, he kept showing up day after day. He went into the temple and it says that the Holy spirit was on him. Now we don't know exactly what this means before Jesus in the, in the old Testament and early here in this uh, story, uh, we don't have the sort of uh, day of Pentecost to look at where, where God puts the Holy spirit on, on all who believe on um, you know, he, he puts on every Christian. When we are baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy spirit. That's something that we now understand and know in the old Testament. And before this time, when it says that God's Holy spirit was on someone there, it means different things. Sometimes it means that God was uh, speaking to him as, as if he was a prophet. Sometimes it means that the, that he was open to God directing and guiding his life. He was in tune with God. Um, He definitely had some insight that other people didn't. Even many of Jesus disciples. We see in this passage, unlike many of the Jews, Simeon was willing to see the truth that Jesus would be the one who would bring salvation to both the Jews and the Gentiles. We don't see the same prejudices and, and bias that we see in many of the other people in Jesus life. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Now to Anna, I'll go back to the beginning of the verse says there was a prophet. Anna, we're plainly told this time that she is a prophet. God used her in some way to reveal truth to others. And this seems like it was a job she took seriously that she spent a lot of time doing. Um, Verse 37 says she never left the temple. She never, she never departed from the temple. She worshiped night and day fasting and praying. She probably worked more hours than the priests did caring for people, praying for people. She took this very seriously. The focus of her work is fasting and prayers. Now I I doubt she was fasting because she was poor. Uh, I think she was probably spending time seeking God's will. She wanted to serve people. And so she would spend time praying instead of literally anything else, instead of eating so she could pray. The necessity of prayer was so important to her, more important than the necessity of food. Whether she was 84 or 107, she could still pray. And she spoke of her redeemer to others. And coming up to them at that very moment, it says she gave thanks to God and she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the, to the redemption of Jerusalem. I think that means she didn't just talk about this child to those who were there. I think that means she continued the, the next day. Anyone who came to the temple, do you know who was here yesterday? Do you know who's been born? Messiah. The redeemer is here. I think this verse means she kept talking about to anyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, to salvation, anyone who needed to hear it. Finally, I want to point out what they both do when they meet Jesus face to face. Yes, a baby's face, but face to face. Nonetheless, they worshiped. So that's one thing that I want us to continue with and and encourage you with is that not only are we waiting and working, but keep worshiping, keep focusing on God. God fulfills the promises that he makes to the people who wait and work. For Simeon and Anna, they, they had promises from God. They're, they're waiting and they're working ultimate dividend. They got to meet Jesus. I want you to look at the response. 
Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon responds to the fulfillment of this promise by he, he takes Jesus in his arms and he blesses God for God's faithfulness, right? God has given this servant peace and he has seen salvation. And now that he has seen the Messiah, his life is complete. He saw what he was waiting for. He's now ready to depart. If this were Hollywood, he would sit down and die, but he doesn't because he's still working. Life goes on. He praises God for what he has seen. And he has seen the, the culmination of the promise that God has given him. But now, now he still has more. Now he gets to tell people what he's seen and experienced. Now he has a mission to spread the word. Anna as well. When she sees uh, the baby, it says she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I know I'm repeating some of these verses, but it's because they're important. I don't know much Anna knew about the promise that God made to Simeon. I don't know if they, if they knew each other, if they worked together, if they spoke to each other, you know, it, it seems reasonable that they were both in the temple courts every day, but somehow she knew that day that the redeemer was at the temple. Maybe God revealed it to her, but just at the right time, Simeon is speaking to Joseph and Mary. Anna comes in and all we're told about her is that in the same way that Simeon did, she gave thanks to God. Now she has probably in her lifetime seen many, many prayers answered for someone who devotes her life to prayer. How could she not? But this was something more as surely as with Simeon, they were, her prayers were a pouring out of her heart to God for his faithfulness. Cause it all starts with God's faithfulness promises made our promises kept, but their faithfulness day in day out. They keep showing up. They don't quit. They don't fold. They keep waiting. They keep working. They keep worshiping. Notice how both Simeon and Anna, they both not only do they openly acknowledge their thankfulness to God for what he has done, but they also show it by continuing their work. Both of them in, in this text are, they're a blessing to others after they meet Jesus. This is not the end of the story. It, it's just the high point in the middle. Simeon uh, gives a blessing to Joseph and Mary. He tells them about what lays in store for the child. He's one of the first ones to start to prepare Mary for what will come ahead. Anna shows her thankfulness to God by, by talking to others who were looking for the promised Messiah. I hope the same thing could be said of us. You know, we, for some period of our life, we lived in waiting. Then we met Jesus. Maybe for some of you, that's, that's not really a, an easy concept to wrap your mind around. Maybe that's not something that, that you can say, Oh, for sure. There was a date in my life where I met Jesus. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're still trying to figure everything out. That's okay. If you're on the backside of that, of that wonderful day, then you know that there was that high point that you started to follow Christ. And now you have what? Now you have a mission. 
Maybe that mission is to tell others about Christ. Maybe that mission is to support other believers in their mission. Maybe that mission is to be a blessing of service to those who need it most. Whatever your mission is, whatever your work is, God has blessed us with salvation, with spiritual gifts, with with power to make a difference in our world. And we shouldn't squander it by always looking at the future. Jesus himself, very early on in his ministry, if you, if you're, this was all from the book of Luke, but if you, Christmas story is also found in Matthew. If you're reading in Matthew, you only have to go a few chapters later. Matthew chapter six, middle of this, this famous, what we call the sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about, about God's provision for his people. And he says, be about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. As I was looking at that, I found, I found, I, I love going back into the, you know, the actual words, the, the language that he spoke. Um, sufficient for its own evil. Each day is. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So while we're living our lives, while we're showing up and doing the work and, you know, waiting for that one day where we get to be with Jesus, we need to focus on today. What can we do today? God has blessed us. What are we going to do with it? Do we, like, like Simeon and Anna, do we show our thankfulness to God by, by worshiping him, by our lives on the altar for him so that we can be a blessing to others? Because you can make plans for the future. You can, you can decide what you want to do tomorrow and for all of 2024. But really the only thing that we can do is take the next step. I want, to, and I want to end this morning with a quote, not from the scripture, but from uh, Tolkien. It says, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And the time that is given to us is right now.